Hey, thanks for joining us for the Life Church podcast. We hope you are encouraged, challenged, and most of all, we hope it brings you closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. You sit down, turn around to somebody next to you and say hello. Good morning. We're glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Thank you, worship team. Our ushers are getting ready to receive our offering this morning as you make your way down to your seats. I'm going to pray over our offering real quick as you guys get ready to get to the word this morning with me. Father, we come to you this morning. I thank you so much for the offering and the tithes that are going to be received this morning, God. We know that everything that... that uh, is ours, is yours, is yours, is ours, God. We, we, we serve a great God. And, and Lord, I pray that as we give back a portion of what's yours back to you, God, that it is just blessed and it helps to expand your kingdom like never before here in Orange County and beyond. We thank you, Lord, for all your blessings and your provision. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, the buckets are coming around, so freely give this morning. If it's your first time, please do not feel obligated to give. We don't uh, want you doing that. We want you just to enjoy the presence of the Lord this morning. Enjoy the company of God's people. I want to give a shout out real quick, though, uh, to Matt Williams. This morning, our live stream kind of went down. He helps make that stuff run for us. He's back there hiding in the corner. If y'all would just give him a hand clap for us more for keeping things up and going. So if you're watching online, you're, you're watching because of Mr. Williams. So I, I thank him for helping us out with that. And also, they don't get much recognition this morning, but I'm all about encouragement today because... Uh, I am. Uh, the sound team in the back, thank you guys for making this happen up here as well for us. You guys rock. And thank you, worship team. Lauren, you're the only one left. I'm like, where's everybody at? Everybody's gone. Thank you, Lauren. Uh, how are y'all feeling this morning? Do y'all feel like being interactive today with me a little bit? Some of y'all are like, no. No. After last week... Which, by the way, I was told I moved too much last week, so just want you to know I plan to move a little bit more today. I'm going to have fun this morning. You know what? I found that if you can't have fun as a follower of Jesus, then you've totally missed out on what the joy of the Lord really is, right? I mean, we should not be stuffy and like we're ready to get in a casket, you know what I'm saying? That's not, that's not who... Who we're supposed to, we're supposed to be joyful people, and uh, I'm thankful that we have uh, a great landlord that gives us this nice facility to let us meet here and, and worship freely without persecution. We got a great team, we got great faces here, great people watching online, and uh, well, I, you know, appreciate that, Lauren. She said, "Great pastor," I appreciate that. No, but we have a great team that that cares. Uh, about what we're doing and invest. Uh, but I want to get interactive this morning. Um, first of all, real quick, I, I don't remember the name. There's a, a guy came up to me last week and gave a testimony. Are you here this morning? Okay, he's not here. I hope I don't butcher this. I actually wanted him to talk this morning and share the testimony with you. But he said, uh, he came up to me and a uh, young guy, and he said, hey, listen, I've been listening to the sermons that have been going on about kind of resetting ourselves and, and getting a, a rhythm with the Holy Spirit and and being who God's called us to be, and uh, a friend of mine, I got a call that he was getting ready to commit suicide uh, in Port Arthur last week, and he was um, near a body of water and was going to shoot himself, and so uh, the guy got the call, and he knew the guy was a duck hunter, 
And so he went out to the area where you launch and, and go uh, duck hunt out there in the public lands in Port Arthur. And uh, when they were walking out towards the marsh, they hear a gunshot go off. So immediately he knows this something's happened. Um, but when they get there, uh, it was a false alarm as far as the young man killing himself. Uh, but he was definitely in that state of mind, and he was prepping himself to do that. Well, this young man had been sitting here listening to these sermons and listening and getting to God's Word for three, four weeks and um, was prepared for that moment. He sat down with this guy, and the guy did not kill himself. Uh, as far as I know, he's, he's doing better today than he was last week. Uh, but this young man said, he said, if it wasn't for the people here, if it wasn't for the environment here, if it wasn't for what's being spoken here, I don't know that I would have been equipped to go and handle that situation with my friend and prevent him from killing himself. So I just want to say this. This is a testament not just to what's spoken on stage, but to the environment that you guys help create week in and week out, that it's affecting people's lives. And you may not even realize it without hearing stories like that. So thank you for being followers of Jesus and loving people right where they are and helping to create an atmosphere where God can move in people's lives. So thank you for that. Um, love, love hearing stuff like that. I, I want to get interactive this morning. The handheld is on, okay? So I'm just going to ask a question, and I want you to give me the best response. It's kind of like, uh, you know, Oprah, except I'm not Oprah, okay? And we're not, we're not giving away vans today, but um, real quick, Chris Bellard. Tell me who you are. I am a child of God. So, so pretty. I'm just going to walk around. Who are you? Fantastic, fantastic. Who are you? Who are you? Someone who struggles daily. Love it. Not that you struggle, but thank you for your honesty. Let's see. Who are you? (laughs) Love it. Who are you? Daniel Finley. Love it. Who are you? That's what I'm talking about. John has some great words every morning on worship team. Our huddle today. He t- I asked him how it was going. He said, "Well, the hair's growing slow, but it's going good." <laughs> We've been talking about resetting the community, resetting the church, resetting our rhythms. You know, doing things like the Acts Church did, and it's hard to do that if we don't really know who we are. It's hard to reset to how we're supposed to be, which is what we said that whole thing was about, if we don't know who we are. Today, I just want to talk about identity. And I know sometimes it, we can be in, in, in a crisis with that, of determining who we are, what we're about, all that kind of stuff, especially now. You know, my sister and I had a conversation at our house the other day about just the whole gender identity thing and, and how that's so confusing and weird. Uh, I don't want to offend anybody in the room, but... I mean, I thought we had two. <laughs> Apparently not. Okay, we have a bunch, so they say. But when we don't know who we are, we can't be who God's called us to be. We, we can't be the church that he's called us to be. We can't be 
the community he's called us to be. We can't be the families that he's called us to be. So we're talking about kingdom identity today. And I want you to know that your identity is not based on what you do, where you came from, your cultural background. Your identity has to be founded, has to be rooted in the reality of who God says you are. He gets the final say of who you are. There's a phrase that is a struggle for a lot of us, but the idea of being a saint and not a sinner. Because I know the popular bumper sticker is, I'm an old sinner saved by grace. Well, if you're saved by grace, the word says you're not a sinner anymore, but you're a saint. Your identity changes. Now, I'm not talking about that particular thing today, but I want you to know that if you're a follower of Jesus, the name tag on your shirt has changed from sinner to saint. All right? Uh, but we're going to take breaking down this kingdom identity into three parts. Easiest way I know to do it. Three parts. The first one is this, that part of our identity as uh, followers of Christ is that we are sons and daughters of God. Somebody said it earlier, I'm a son of God, child of God. We're sons and daughters. Uh, we're going to look at John chapter 1, verse 12. John chapter 1, verse 12. It says, but to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but from a birth that comes from God. Read that first part again. To all who believed in him, accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. So when you said yes to Jesus, you got a new daddy. Who's your daddy is God, all right? It says, when you say yes to Jesus, when you accept him as your Lord and Savior, now that salvation has opened the door for us to become children of God. Now look, for the majority of kids in America, the majority, this is just an illustration purpose, so don't come up to me later with facts and stats or whatever, but the majority of kids don't have to worry about food on their table. I know there's a portion of our society that does, but for the most part, kids are, they don't even think about, is there going to be food to eat today? For the most part. They are designed to have full trust and dependency on their parents. When they come into the world, they're not thinking about, I have to fight for my food. They're just thinking, hey, my, my mom or dad's going to provide it for me, right? So imagine we have a good father in heaven. He loves us so much. We should be living that same way. We're not thinking about, is the blessing coming? We know the blessing's coming. We're not thinking about, are we going to have what we need? Because we know, because God said he's our provider, He's a good father. We should have to think about, are we going to have what we need? We know we will because God always comes through. He's always faithful. Now, it may not be the exact thing you wanted or how you wanted it to go or when you wanted it to happen. But it doesn't mean that God's not working, God's not doing something in your life. It just means that we don't have to worry about God, you know, or, or pray, you know, God, God help me, bless me, Lord, give me what I need. That's who he is. That's his nature. That's, that's what he does. He's a good father. Now, we got some jerk fathers on earth. Uh, I know that. Don't let a bad earthly father give you a bad perception of our heavenly father because it's not the same. It's not the same. But God takes care of our needs. We should live that way because the house of God is abundant. It's full. It's not lacking anything. And like my kids... And they kind of have this problem here at the church building, but at our house, they know they can go anywhere. There's no place that's, that's you know, 
roped off for them. They can go, it's their house. They know that. They know they can go in the pantry, and sometimes they go too much in the pantry to get things, you know, a snack all day. And ironically, it's the smallest one that eats all day. But they have full access to our house. The garage, the kitchen, the bedrooms, the living room, the playroom, the backyard. They have everything they could need in that house. Well, my oldest one thinks that she needs more, but another topic. She gets it from me. Um, but we have, they have full access. The same thing is true for us in the house of God, y'all. We have full access to, to, to heaven. When we become children of God, we have access to the house of God. We have access to, to his abundance and his provision, his blessings. And how often do we live like we're just fumbling through the dark trying to figure out what's next? God's like, no, look, I've got enough. I'm enough. Live like you're fully dependent on me and watch what happens. Watch what happens. God didn't just save us from sin. He created a way for us to come back into relationship with him as a good father. That's, that's really the most important thing in my mind is that, yeah, I'm glad I'm saved from sin, but more importantly for me is that I get to be in good standing with God. I get to be in a relationship with God, full access to the Father who holds everything together. Second thing is this. Not only are we children of God, sons and daughters, we are the body of Christ. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 says, uh, Paul's talking about husbands and wives, and he says, for husbands, this means that you love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present to her, present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. Jesus gave his life for us, for the bride, and it's a display of sacrifice and what true love really looks like. It's kind of awkward for us guys thinking about being the bride. Okay, I get it. All right? But that's what we are. We're the, we're the bride of Christ. We're the body of Christ. And we were created to be a solution for the world that's full of chaos and, and craziness. They, can, they should be able to look to us for hope and for encouragement. I, w- I wasn't planning on saying this. It's not my notes. So uh, it's always dangerous. But we were talking to the worship team right before we started and we were talking about just the chaos in the country right now and what's going on. And, and I said, look, this is my opinion. My opinion is the church has become so disconnected from people that we have allowed character traits to come up. We've allowed um, standards that aren't aligned with the word of God to start rising up in families and school districts and government and different things that we can blame the millennials. We can blame whoever we want to blame for the problems in the country. But really, I put a lot of fault in the church. Because when we're not operating the way God's called us to operate, things don't work out well. When the church is doing what God's called us to do, there's nothing that can stop us. That's when change happens, transformation happens. We read last week about how, how one sermon brought 3,000 people into the kingdom And then from there, it was growing and growing and growing because people were doing life together. They were worshiping together, and they were studying together, and they were fellowshipping together. They were doing life together, and from that kind of relationship, the church grew. But when we don't have that, guess what doesn't happen? There's no growth. 
There's a disconnect, and it's been going on for too long, and now we've got to figure out how to fix this thing. But we can't fix it on our own. We have to be in line with the Holy Spirit. That's what I was saying a few weeks ago. We have to realign, reset ourselves to the rhythm of the Holy Spirit so we know how to reach out to people where they are. Not try to be right, not try to be the, the person with all the facts of why they're wrong, just to love them right where they are and help lead them to Jesus. Because that's where change happens. We're the body of Christ. He wants us to be pure and spotless, completely devoted to him. And this really was the plan from the very, very beginning, that the church would be co-laborers with heaven to see his kingdom come. To see his kingdom come. Thy will be done. Your kingdom come. Lord's Prayer, right? How many of you would be willing to pray that and really mean that in your work situations right now? Or your marriages? Lord, whatever your will is, let it happen. That can be a little dangerous. Because there's a good chance you might be the wrong person, or you might be doing the wrong thing in the relationship or the whatever it is situation you're in. You could be the one in the wrong. And God may have to correct your heart, but that's a prayer that can bring such power and restoration and peace to your life. Say, God, I'm just fully dependent on you. Whatever you want, God, let your will be done. Let it be done. But he's looking for a bride that's spotless, that's pure, that's devoted. And so not only are we, are we children of God, we're the body of Christ, we're the hands and feet of Jesus, the bride of Christ, but we're a royal priesthood. We're royalty. So I was saying earlier, we're saints, not sinners. That's kind of hard to think about when you mess up every day, right? It's hard to forget about the past when you keep finding things every day that reminds you of those things from the past. But well, that's part of the transformation process. It takes a lifetime. It takes a lifetime. You never fully arrive, but every day it's another step closer to looking like Jesus, allowing the Holy Spirit to change your heart, to change your mind, to change your behavior, your attitudes, your actions. Revelation chapter 5, verse 9, it says, And they sang a new song with these words, You are worthy to take the scroll and break its seals and open it. For you were slaughtered, and your blood has ransomed people from, for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have caused them to become a kingdom of priests for our God. And they will reign on the earth. That's pretty powerful. Blood's for everybody. No one's excluded from that. First Peter chapter 2, it says, For you are a chosen people, verse 9. You are royal priests. A holy nation, God's very own possession. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. As royal priests, you know what we do? We host the presence of God. I say this all the time, but I just wanted to encourage you, remind you this this morning, that, that you are a royal priesthood, that you carry the presence of God with you. So wherever you go, I want you thinking about how am I displaying the presence of God right now? How am I showing people what it looks like to be a carrier of God's presence? Because that's what, exactly what we do. The day Jesus was crucified, the veil was torn that, that led to the Holy of Holies where, where God's presence rested. And it allowed access now to be connected to his presence like never before. We have access to his presence. We sing songs that talk about 
you know, it's his presence where change happens. It's that presence that pursues us and cares for us and knocks down walls and defeats our enemies. It gives us power and hope and encouragement and love and peace. We carry that presence everywhere we go. Here's what I want to make. I want to make a statement because I think it's important because there's, there's some people and sometimes we hear things like, hey, God's, God's moving here or God's moving there or, you know, come to this worship service so you can experience God's presence. Listen, God's presence is not limited to any one particular church, a particular service, or a conference, all right? It's everywhere, and we're carriers of that presence. Now, that's not an excuse to stay home on Sunday mornings and not fellowship with people, okay? Don't be hearing that stuff, because I will be calling you, okay? But what I'm saying is we can't get so boxed into thinking that this is the only venue that God can move in. This is the only place I can experience a healing miracle from God is if I'm called to the front to be prayed for. This isn't the only place that we can see God do some miraculous life change. His presence is everywhere, and we get to carry that everywhere we go. We're ambassadors. We're carriers of his presence. We should be living a lifestyle of, of worship, of, of truth, and in, in his spirit, and just so connected to God that when people see us, they experience that same thing. I expect to see like the glow of heaven down the aisles of Walmart, okay? Mask on and everything. You hear me? I expect to see the glow of heaven. So important that we don't forget this stuff, guys. As royals, we reign with God. We're co-laborers of authority and and power given to us by Jesus. You've got power. I'm really tempted to bust out with a song, but I'm not going to do it. I mean, I'm... I'm, (laughs) You've got power. You've got authority. You've got the ability to make people's lives become open and aware of God's great love and presence and his grace. I know some of y'all in this room are dealing with some pretty heavy stuff medical-wise. Some of you are struggling with insurance stuff from the hurricane. Some of you are still trying to get over stuff from Harvey. I get it. But I want you to know something. There's not a single thing that you can pinpoint in your life that's a struggle that's too big for God. There's not a single thing that's going to say, well, you can't carry the presence today because your problem's too big. No, we're still going to have problems in our life. We still have obstacles we have to walk over and get around. But you know what? It's so much easier when we have the presence of God in us because now they look smaller. Because he's like way up here looking down like, hey, on the grand scheme of things, this is a pimple. On the back of your neck, all right? It's no big deal. I know right now it's the main thing that you're in right now, but I want you to know, trust me. Depend on me like you're my child because you are, and I'm your good father because I am. Depend on me, and let me give you what you need to walk through this because we sing God's the way maker, right? Scripture says, I know there's a phrase that God won't give you more than you can handle. Well, I'm not sure that God tempts us with anything evil because that's not what the Word of God says. But when bad things do happen, the Word of God does say that He does provide a way out every time. So if we can trust in that, then we can get our way through anything that life throws at us. Even when we know that we're going to take our last breath soon. We keep our eyes on Jesus. We walk through that with dignity and courage. We show others what it looks like to be passionately in love with Jesus.
that no matter what happens, we can face it with our head up and our eyes on him. John 13, 3 says this. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. Jesus knew the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. Jesus knew that God had put all things under his power. I want to encourage you this morning. We need to know our identity and know what kind of power we have. When we know that, y'all, I'm telling you, things are going to change. Things are going to change. When we start walking in that reality, things are going to change. Jesus knew he had come from God. We came from God. We need to know where we came from, who we belong to. It changes things. You know, Annie acted a lot different after she became Annie Warbucks, okay? Because she knew she had something different in her life. Things had changed. She found abundance. She found love. She found peace. So a little pep in her step, you know, when she did her musical number at the end. Same thing with us, y'all. We should be walking around with so much joy that people that don't have that are like, I don't want to be around that just, just yet. Can you tone it down a little bit? Help me understand why you're so joyful. Bring me into that because right now my life is a mess. That's how we should be walking around. People should be just like, what is it? What do you have? One, one word. It's just Jesus. It's Jesus. I don't care if my roof collapsed. I don't care if I lost my job. I've got Jesus. I don't care what the doctor said. I've got Jesus. And that should be enough. Jesus knew where he came from. He operated out of that, guys. And we should be doing the same exact thing. It says that at the end there, it says that Jesus knew he would return to God. Guess what, guys? One day... If we have that connection with Jesus and we have that relationship with Jesus, one day this, this time here is going to be over. And we get to spend eternity with him. I'm not going to go up here and preach once saved, always saved, but I will preach this. There is security in Jesus. So if you stay, stay in Christ, if you remain in Christ, there is security there. I don't have to worry about, am I saved today? I'm staying connected to Jesus. Or I'm not worrying about, am I saved? When I say, I, if I've got Jesus... He says, I, I've got salvation in him. I'm, I'm hanging on to that. And I know that at the end of my life, I'm spending forever with him. And it's going to be an incredible thing. The ruling and reigning is going to change so much when you get in heaven. But right now, we get to experience that with him now. He gave us power. He gave us authority. He gave us a purpose, a mission to go and make disciples, to love people right where they are, and help them to experience that abundant life that Jesus offers. I want to wrap up with this. Lauren's going to come up. The worship team's going to come up. I know sometimes it can be real difficult to, to keep this stuff in front of us, that we're children of God, that we're, we're the body of Christ, that we're, we're a royal priesthood. I get that. But when we can operate with our true identity, with what God says, and God says who we are, it changes things. You start recognizing the favor of God over your business. You start recognizing uh, the blessings of God uh, in, in your bank account. 
you start recognizing the opportunities in front of you to, to be a witness and help others like this young man last week. Because he was investing himself in his relationship with Jesus, the moment came when he got a phone call to go love on somebody that was wanting to end their life. And it changed everything for that young man. That's how we're supposed to be living, church. That's how we're supposed to be operating in, in, in such a way that, that people just see Jesus when they see us. We can't, we can't have an identity at church and then a different identity at home. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. You're either following Jesus or you're not. You're either in or you're out. There's no in-between. This morning, I don't know where you are in relationship with Jesus, but if you need to make a commitment to Jesus for the first time, hey, listen, we're going to pray for you. But for the rest of you, we're going to sing another song, and I'd like you to stand with us as we do that. And, and if you need to make a commitment just saying, hey, look, I've had an identity crisis, and I'm done with that now. I want, I want someone to pray for me that I can continue to have the courage to be who God's called me to be. Listen, we're going to have people available to pray for you. Um, but I want you to be encouraged this morning that when you leave here, don't forget who you are. Don't forget who you are because you're powerful, you're important, you're necessary for the world because you are carriers of God's presence. Father, I thank you so much for this group of people in this room, for the ones who are watching online. Lord, I just pray that, God, we can center our hearts and minds in the idea that we are your kids. And we don't have to be fearful of you because you're a good father and you have everything that we could ever need for our life. Lord, I pray for opportunities. I pray for open doors. I pray for uh, the windows of heaven to open and just blessings and favor to pour out on, on these people this morning. And if there's someone who needs to make a decision for you, Father, I pray you give them courage to do that today in the name of Jesus. Thank you for every family here this morning, everyone watching online, Lord. Thank you for your love. And I pray that as we get ready to go about our day-to-day in this week, Lord God, I pray this is the best week yet of 2020. No hurricane, no pandemic, nothing is going to steal our joy. And so I'm declaring that as we leave here, we're leaving with an attitude of joy that we have you in our hearts and that one day we'll get to spend forever with you face-to-face. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.